Welcome to the Tan and J-Man Show. I'm Tanner Lee. My co-host across from me on the computer screen from the, I would say great state, but let's just call it state of Illinois. For the 300th time, not the 300th time we've both done the show, but for the 300th time one of us has done the show, the Tan and J-Man Show, episode 300. What is going on, J-Man? Um, yeah, I don't think there's been one episode where both of us have missed is there? I don't. I don't remember it being one. No, three hundred straight. We didn't always do it on a Monday. We we started out. I think we did it on a Monday, and then we tried like a Wednesday one time, and it, for whatever reason, Monday just worked. Yeah, I mean, this three hundred straight weeks it wasn't always Monday. No, nope. three hundred straight weeks we've been on. So, which is pretty impressive. Uh, started on November twenty eighth, twenty sixteen. If you would have told me then we'd have 300 consecutive podcasts, I would have said you're crazy. Mm-hmm. You're crazy. I, I know we've had some big milestones, you know, 100, 150, 200, 250, but something about 300 just seems to be hitting different this time. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, it's uh, for one, it's a big number. True. Um, almost, or, I mean, we're coming up on six years. It's crazy. I remember when we were starting or – uh, for like ever, we'd talk about like, man, we do, we just need to like put a mic in front of us. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we know a lot about sports. Just put a mic in front of us. Then you text me. I remember I was home in Iowa for Thanksgiving in 2016. You text me, hey, um, bring bring some headphones over on Monday. <laughs> I, uh, I want to record a podcast. Like, all right, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. I remember when I was going back and forth. Do I want to do a podcast? Do I want to write a blog? Do I want to do both? And I'm like, I like talking better than I do writing. So uh, we just kind of went for it. Bought some cheap equipment off of Amazon and went for it. And we've had upgrades to equipment. We've had different recording locations over the years. Now we're, we've are we been doing it almost for a year now. Coming up on a year in October, we've been yeah. doing it just on StreamYard with you being in Illinois and me still being in Indiana. So that's worked out fine. Uh, we joined the ISC Sports Network March 2019. It's crazy. It's been over three years since we started going live on, on their uh, television network every week. Uh, before that, we were just audio only, and we 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 dabbed into a little YouTube live, and uh, uh, I forget what that Google program used to be called. Um, yeah, yeah, the live Google service they used to have, but uh, so we did a little bit of that, but then. Um, you know, we had to adjust a little bit, being live on camera every week, but that's now we're just used to it. I would say. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. It. <laughs> I, I remember when we first started. Um, we try to start the episode, <laughs> and it would take us probably six or seven times without laughing. Just awful. Um, just it awful. was terrible. I I wish we had. I mean, we have some bloopers from uh, from back in the day that you saved. I remember. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it it was rough at first, and then when we first, I was hesitant to do any sort of video because it just it took us forever to even um, get the thing started. But now it's like whatever. Now, yeah, I need to I need to pull some of the audio from over the years. One of these days, I should have done it tonight, but uh, my producer wasn't on top of things. <laughs> but I need to give some thank yous. I mean, this is definitely not. A goodbye episode or anything. We're just getting started. But uh, uh, give some thank yous. I mean, we've had multiple fill-ins and, and, and guests over the years. Uh, my dad's filled in for me quite a few times. Good friends of the show, Evan Webb, Aaron Lynch, Cameron Screeton, Connor Thompson. Uh, we've had Andrew Eiler and his wife, 
uh, Isabella Eiler on as as guests. We've had both uh, Watrings, Nate and Travis on. Uh, Chris Smith was kind enough to come do an interview. Uh, Chris Giannini of the uh, Winning Cures Everything podcast came on with us, spoke some college football. Jason Sobel, who's a, a longtime golf writer and analyst, he came on early in the days of the podcast. Uh, uh, ex-Purdue quarterback Rob Henry. We've had local coaches, uh, Garrett Weiniger, who's now the head coach for uh, the boys' basketball team at Fisher's High School. Corey Good, that's the uh, Rochester High School baseball coach. The late Brian Hooker, who was a uh, Rochester baseball coach and Rochester football coach. Uh, also want to give a shout-out to Audrey Carpenter, who created our logo that we use to this day because um, my logo was not good at all. <laughs> And also, thank you to the ISC Sports Network, like we mentioned, Greg Mash, Greg Rakestraw, Derek Schultz, who I work with every week and does a great job of putting our content out there on the socials. And thanks to the Tan and J-Man Show Nation for all their support over the first 300 episodes, and whether that's listening every week, listening once in a while, watching every week, buying some merchandise of ours, uh, just appreciate it. That's what keeps us going. That's what uh, keeps us motivated to do this. So, Thanks, Mom and Dad. Yeah, yeah. Thank, <laughs> thanks, Bob and Dad. So, all right. I think I got all my thank yous out of the way. I'm I'm ready to roll into this week's episode. I have some birdie bogey for you here. All the, right. Um, the AP poll was released today for college football, so that got me thinking. What team has been ranked number one in the preseason poll for the most times um, since I think Ooh. they've been they released. A preseason poll the Associated Press has since 1951. What team has been ranked number one in the preseason poll the most? That's a really good question. Um, so obviously, a lot of rich history there in like the top five. Obviously, the top five are pretty easy. You can go down the list and like, yep, that team's one of them. It's been uh, in the top five most ever. Uh, but uh, what team has been number one the most? That's um, a really good question. I like preseason that poll only. Uh, I was so, not ready for that. I was ready for a baseball question. <laughs> I had a baseball question. Do you want to hear my baseball question? Yeah, why not? Um, Aaron Judge became the, I think it was the fifth Yankee ever to have multiple 45 homer seasons. Can you name the other four um, that did it? Alex Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Babe Ruth. Yep. 45, you said? Yep. Mickey Mantle. Reggie Jackson? No. Oh, oh. You, would have, you got a bogey. Um, Lou Gehrig. Oh, Lou Gehrig was going to be my next yeah. guest, but I didn't think he – I knew he did it once. I didn't think he did it twice. Okay. Yeah. I knew Maris didn't do it twice, even though he hit 61 no. one year. Yeah. yeah, Maris was kind of the – he was kind of a one-year wonder almost. I mean, he had an okay career. It wasn't anything special. He's not a Hall of Famer, I don't believe. Um, no, I don't he, think he is. Yeah, Roger Maris had that one insane year. Uh, yeah, he only hit he hit two seven two hundred seventy five career homers. He was a good ball player, but uh, not Hall of Fame level. But uh, Birdie Bogey brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC for fresh, locally grown, nutrient dense produce from Bryce and Katie Roman of Mentone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website noblenomellc.com. Get your veggies. I had some of their sweet corn not too long ago. Mm. Good stuff. Good stuff, good like always. Stuff. Have you had any sweet corn yet this year? I have not. You better get I, some before it's too I late. Know, I know. Um, there is a good spot here that I've always wanted to go and get it, and I just never have. Um, right next to our favorite ice cream place. I'm uh, I'm there quite a bit, and I just never pulled the trigger. You couldn't mix them together. 
Corn and ice cream? Yeah. Uh, Crazier things have been tried. Yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever heard of people sprinkling corn on top of their ice cream, but uh, my actually, actually, uh, I know of a ice cream place that had uh, Indiana sweet corn as an ice cream flavor. Really? I was not bold enough to try it. I wouldn't either. I love sweet corn, but I don't know if I'd like it an ice cream uh, form. Yeah, they teach their own. Well, teach I mean, their own pe- people like the. Um, the jelly bellies with all the crazy, uh, crazy flavors. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Well, before we get too far in this episode, I do have some uh, going back to November 28th, 2016. I got some facts about that time period. Barack Obama was president still. Mm-hmm. The number one song the week of November 28th, 2016. Any guesses what the number one song? It was a country song. Mm. Country song. Yep. Um, well, this was the most digital downloaded i guess i should say so the digital singles chart took country off of. song um i'll even give you the artist keith urban couldn't die uh let's see here blue ain't your color never heard of it oh I, oh come on i bet you have i've I probably heard have. of it i've probably heard it but i have never heard that title before well, I am not going to sing it for you. So you're not lucky enough. <laughs> you heard me and my man it's all day, so uh-huh. so it's not coming out. Not coming out. Top movie. Could you guess what the number one box office movie was? Sixteen, November twenty sixteen. Yep. Um, was it a Bond movie? No, it was a Disney movie. Is it? No, nah, I don't think it, Frozen wasn't out yet, or Frozen had been out for a few years. Um. Disney movie. I have no idea. Moana. Huh? That's actually a pretty good Disney movie. I have not seen it. Surprise, The Rock. I know, I know. Number two movie was Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them. Number three was Allied. Number four, Arrival. Number five, Doctor Strange. Number six, Bad Santa 2. Number seven, (laughs) Trolls. Number eight, Hacksaw Ridge. Number nine, Almost Christmas. Number 10, The Edge of 17. Hmm. Hmm. Hacksaw Ridge is the only one on that list that I would highly recommend. On uh, This was in November 2016. Um, well, that's not what I was looking for. That says seven new ne- new Netflix shows. I was trying to look for the top series. Um, well, here, I'll grab something from December 2016. Data reveals the top 20 most popular TV shows of 2016. Oh, man. What would number one be? It's pretty popular. 2016. Was it Stranger Things? No, Game of Thrones. Oh. Never got into Game of Thrones. Number two, The Walking Dead. Still going on. The last season's coming Crazy. up in October, I believe. I didn't know people still watch that show. I gave up a long time ago. Oh, my girlfriend's mother's a huge Walking Dead fan. Mm. Huge. Huge. I, I I couldn't get into it. I just I, I, I got to about season seven and I was just like, when's this gonna end? And seven years later, here we are, they're still going. Number three was uh, Pretty Little Liars. Number four was Westworld. Mm. Number five was The Flash. Number six, The Big Bang Theory. Number seven was The OA. Number eight was Stranger Things. There's Stranger Things. 
Number nine was Korea's Running Man. Never heard of that. And one. number ten was Suits. Suits. I remember Suits. Never watched USA it. USA Network. USA mm-hmm. Network. Yep. 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 I just mentioned my girlfriend a minute ago. I told her I was going to say this on tonight's pod, but uh, got her to watch Field of the, Field of Dreams for the first time ever. Nice. Yesterday. So. Did you like it. Yeah, she liked it, but she thought some of it was confusing and that didn't make sense. And there are some parts that you kind of scratch your head and you think back. Like, uh, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about that mm-hmm. movie. I'd say it's probably one of the uh, top sports movies as far as conspiracy theories go, I would say, if not the top. Yeah. Um, I had a former coworker that thought it was a true story. Um, <laughs> no, he, he goes, uh, you, you, uh, I think I've told you this one. Um, and you know exactly who I'm talking about. Um, he, he, he goes, those people, those ghosts really come out of that cornfield. Um, that was one of my favorites. Um, I, I love feel the dreams. It's a great movie. Not my favorite baseball movie, but, um, definitely gets a nostalgic feel, especially, uh, watching the field of dreams game on Thursday night. Oh, well, and you got some Iowa blood in you. So it's this, I do. It's, I do. it's not heaven. It's Iowa. It's Iowa. Never been there. It's only hour and some change from my mom and dad. So one of these days I need to go check it out. Um, I don't think they're doing the game next year for whatever reason. They're, they're redoing the stadium, I read. So hmm. it's going to be um, – or adding to it, maybe adding on. So it's going to be another year or two. Yeah, I, I, I hope they don't take away the fun of it by right. making too big of a stadium. I mean, it holds 8,000 now. Um, I, I hope they don't add another deck to it. I hope they – it just it, it would take away from the charm of it completely. You know, as much as I like the last scene of that movie, it's always bugged me that he didn't just say, hey, Dad, you want to play catch? I want to play catch. It's Dad, yeah. you want to have a catch? Yeah, Who I, says I, that? I um, a Cubs – Somebody, I don't think he works for the Cubs, but he was at the game and he, I got to go on the field and he asked like every player, um, is it have a catch or play catch? And like every single player said play catch. No one says have a catch. I've never said have a catch in my entire life. I don't know where that came from, but uh, all in all, good movie. Definitely Mm -hmm. one of the better sports movies of all time. But what's your favorite baseball movie since you said that's not it? Um, It's hard to go against the sand lot. That was kind of a nostalgic one, too. I used to watch that a bunch when I was a kid. Rookie of the Year, I used to watch that a bunch when I was a kid. Angels in the Outfield, watched that a bunch when I was a kid. Um, Major League's a classic. I also like Moneyball, too. Yeah, um, yeah. Probably Sandlot, though. You a natural fan? Never seen it. Really? Yep, never seen it. I, uh, I James Earl Jones, man, Sandlot and... Field mm-hmm. of Dreams. Yeah, he's uh, in the Darth Vader. Darth Vader. <laughs> he did <laughs> pretty pretty, well for himself. I was going to say, he's had a pretty good career. Yeah, yes, he has. Yes, he has. But, uh, no, it's Field of Dreams is a good one. I don't know too many people who don't like it. So, yep. Yeah, I, I remember reading the book because the book was Shoeless Joe. Um, I remember reading the book in, I think, middle school maybe. or maybe I read that book too. Um, huh. Yeah, that's what the movie's based off of, and they didn't think Shoeless Joe was a good enough title. Um, but it oh. is kind of about Shoeless Joe. So. Yeah, I read that book now that you mentioned it, and I never put two and two together. I'm yeah. not very bright sometimes. <laughs> well, I, I I remember reading it, and of course I watched Field of Dreams when I was a kid, and I remember reading it, I was like, this is very familiar. <laughs> it's very familiar. That's back when you read. I still read. I, still I know read. you still read. I know you still read. 
Got to keep this mind sharp. We got a few comments here on uh, from Facebook. Thad Mooney was talking about when we talked about TV shows earlier. He said, uh, hasn't been good since season five. Walking Dead would have been legit if it was an HBO product. Could have matched the oh, graphic cool. novel so much better. Last concept I saw there, wanting to turn it into a mega sports complex out there in the corn. Speaking of the Field of Dreams um, stadium. I hope they don't. Keep it the way it is. I, I honestly can't say I watched a single pitch of that game the other night. The only reason I did is because the Cubs were in it. Sure. Um, and it was a pretty boring game, honestly. Three runs were scored in the first inning, and then I think two runs the rest of the game, something like that. Not a whole lot went on. Two terrible teams, for one. It was a terrible, terrible product that was put <laughs> on the field. Uh, two of the worst teams in the National League. Um, well, what did I see? They're going to play in London next year? In London? London. <laughs> um, yeah, against Cardinals, um, which they were supposed to uh, have Cubs-Cardinals in London, but it was 2020. Uh, so they had to push it. Gotcha. They had to cancel it. So that's kind of why they're doing it now. Um, Yankees Red Sox were in London a few years ago, 2019 mm-hmm. maybe. Sounds right. Um, so, yeah, I wish uh, Major League Baseball would stop giving the Cubs so many primetime opportunities because then it would give uh, the Ricketts zero incentive to continue to uh, buy um, and spend money. Although there is – there is quite a bit of, if you read the tea leaves a little bit, it looks like Cubs are going to be uh, pretty aggressive this offseason. A chance to be pretty good next year. Uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. But You've already mentioned that you're going to, that's going to be part of your uh, 23 bull predictions for 2023 is going to be some Cubs acquisitions. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have a few in mind. I mean, of course, they need, they need a lot of help at a lot of positions. Uh, pitching all over the field, but uh, I think they'll uh, they better anyway. If they don't, uh, they're going to continue to lose uh, lose ticket sales for sure. What's going on in the world of baseball? The world of MLB. World of baseball. Some idiot uh, put a hundred bucks on the Cubs to win the World Series this year. Today it was not me. Um, it was not you. It was not anyone who has half <laughs> some, a brain. Some idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Cubs are 15 and a half game out of the division and they're 15 and a half games out of the wild card. So it would take a legitimate miracle. Um, They'd have to almost win out. They would pretty much, if they won out, eh, if they won out, they'd probably win the division. They'd be 96 and 66. (laughs) Okay. Um, Never mind. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it would take an absolute miracle. I mean, they're 19 games under 500. Now Uh, their schedule is brutal. Uh, coming up, they've had a real, really easy schedule here the past uh, week and a half or so, which is why they've won some games. But uh, they have uh, Milwaukee for a couple this weekend. I think it's this weekend. Uh, then they have St. Louis for five. Then they have to go to Milwaukee, to Toronto, to St. Louis. Uh, so there's a stretch of baseball coming up where they might go 0-17, <laughs> uh, which honestly is probably the best-case scenario. Uh, but unfortunately, they play the Washington Nationals tonight, and the Nationals are the worst team in the sport. 40 games under five. Where's that game at? In Washington. Over or under 8,000. Uh, oh, man. Um, no, they're probably over. but no. It'll probably be over, and the majority of them will probably be Cubs yeah. fans. Um, but, man, Washington had so much potential to be great. And I talked about it last week. I mean, they had Harper. They had Soto. They had Scherzer. They had a healthy Strasburg. They had Anthony Rendon. They had a chance to be a dynasty, and for whatever reason, it just uh, didn't happen for them. And now I think their owner's selling, which is probably why 
they were willing to trade Juan Soto. Um, their owner's selling. They need somebody to buy them. Um, I, I have no idea who could would even be interested. I wouldn't want to live in D.C. for one, nor own a business in D.C. Uh, so it, it could be a while before the Washington Nationals are good again, if they are ever good again. They might have to move back to Montreal before they're good again. <laughs> uh, but uh, elsewhere around baseball, Cubs, as I said, are playing decent baseball right now. Um, in fact, Ian Happ became the only Cubs hitter ever to hit 10 or more homers in each of his first six seasons in the big leagues. All wow. The Cubs. That's a good trivia question. Um yeah, I wouldn't have guessed Ian Happ at all. Um, there's another Ian Happ stat. Ian Happ at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati has the eighth highest OPS at any ballpark in the history of the sport uh, with at least 150 plate appearances. His um, He has a 1.229 OPS at Great American Ballpark. The only hitters that have had better success at any ballpark, Babe Ruth at the Polo Grounds, Barry Bonds at Oracle Park in San Francisco, Mel Ott at the Baker Bowl, Ted Williams at Sportsman's Park, Barry Bonds at Riverfront Stadium, Ryan Braun at Citizens Bank Park, and Babe Ruth at League Park the Fourth. Those are the only players that have had greater success at any ballpark than Ian Happ has in Cincinnati. A lot of good names on that list. Um, yeah, Babe, or Babe Ruth. Ian Happ's about the only one that doesn't belong. And the two guys behind him, Babe Ruth at Connie Mack Stadium and Joe DiMaggio at Sportsman's Park. Um, so a bunch of Hall of Famers and uh, Ian Happ and Ryan, I guess Ryan Braun too. And who knows, maybe Bonds doesn't get in even though he's probably the greatest hitter ever. Right. Um, but um, the Cubs, a terrible stat here for the Cubs. They have uh, most <laughs> losses in baseball after holding a three-run lead this year. They have lost. Yeah, that's 11, not good. They've lost 11 games after winning the game by three-plus runs or having a lead of three or more runs, um, which is kind of amazing because their pitching or their bullpen, for one, has been really good this year. So they must have blown it early. I remember early in the season, Cubs would – I think they had the most first-inning runs scored in baseball this year for the first, I don't know, two or three months of the year, and it seems like every time the starting rotation would give it up by the fourth inning. Uh, so that's not overly shocking um, because Cubs are a bad bad baseball team, although they've played better since the um, trade deadline, which you thought they'd play worse. But again, schedule's easier than it was. Um, uh, some more baseball stats here. Bad news in San Diego with Fernando Tatis Jr. being suspended 80 games uh, for testing positive for performance-enhancing drugs. His uh, teammates and his general manager have really ripped on him. His GM uh, said, uh, you know, there's been some issues, and uh, we just hope he can mature, but obviously he hasn't matured yet. And one of his teammates, Mike Clevenger, said pretty much the same thing. Uh, so there's, there sounds like there's been some issues with Tatis there in uh, San Diego, and, man, he signed a massive deal with them. Well, that's too bad because I was thinking he was going to be healthy and back right mm-hmm. around postseason time and make their make their run even more interesting than it could be, and kind of watered that down a little bit. Yeah, he was he was at a minor league rehab assignment, so he was pretty close uh, to being activated. Um, and now, I mean, he's going to miss a lot of the first half of next year too. He's going to miss probably fifty or so games. Um, 40 or so games. Don't do steroids, um, period. And, 
you you got to be smarter. He said, I, a lot of the guys say, I don't knowingly know what I knew. I put that in my body. But you, you got to do research if you're going to take some sort of any sort of supplement. Right. Because there could there could be a performance enhancing drug that is banned in it. Um, his dad, mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis Sr., said it was some something for hair loss, I want to say. Um, which he's 23. Of course I started losing my hair at like 17. So I guess I couldn't, <laughs> I can't really say anything, uh, but he's 23 years old. Um, <laughs> so supposedly it's something with hair, um, which makes zero sense to me. Now uh, you, you just gotta be smart in that. He is just the third player in the expansion era to finish top three in MVP voting and missed the entire following season. He joins Moises Alou who missed the 99th season. I do do a torn ACL following a treadmill accident and uh, Sandy Koufax who retired following his uh, 1966 season. Um, Albert Pujols hit his 687th home run of his career um, back on August 11th. Uh, he hit two yesterday. Actually, he hit but, two. Uh, yeah. He's 11 away, but yes, he 11 away from 700. Dude, he's not going to get there this year. I don't know if he'll try to come back for one more year. He's actually well, having he's, an okay season. With he shouldn't because he's already since his last year. They put him in home run derby. Yeah. But um, but um, Albert Pujols, uh, on August 11th, it was the 448th different pitcher he's faced that he's hit a home run off of, <laughs> uh, which was one shy of Barry Bonds for most pitchers homered against in MLB history. I don't know if he passed that yesterday or not. He might have. Um, he also had four hits, and he became the oldest player in Cardinals history to record a four-hit game. Uh, so he uh, he's, he's actually having a pretty good year. He's like 19% above league average offensively. So uh, the Cardinal devil magic rares its ugly. He likes, he likes the National League pitching better than AL pitching, I guess. He does, yeah. Which, uh, he's one of the greats. He's one of the greats. Yeah. Unfortunate. I mean, it's not unfortunately. He's he seems like a really good guy, um, pr- pretty likable fella. Uh, he was just a massive cub killer over the years, and uh, I grew to detest him. Understandable, uh, as, as one does. But uh, Adam to the list. Adam to the list. Who's not on the list? I can't think of a player who's not on the list. Neil Walker's on the list. Uh, how many people <laughs> even heard of Neil Walker? Um, <laughs> Let's see, uh, Kirk Neuenheis, he's on the list. Scooter uh, Jeanette. Scooter Jeanette, he's on the list. A grown man named Scooter. <laughs> but, yeah, elsewhere around baseball, uh, the Mets still playing ridiculous baseball. They're 35. Unfortunately. DeGrom's <sighs> back throwing 102. Um, they probably have the best chance in the National League, in my opinion, to uh, – make the World Series, especially with the news today in L.A. Walker Bueller is out for the season. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, just wow. announced they had an arm issue. He, he's missed a lot of the season anyway. Uh, but that's that's a guy in a short playoff series. You, you need an ace-type guy, and the Dodgers don't really have him. I don't really have a guy because Kershaw's not that anymore. Uh, so that that really hurts them, but the Dodgers are still 45 games over 500. They, they just had a 12-game winning streak where they won – uh, by multiple runs each game, and it was just snapped yesterday. So uh, they're still pretty dang good, seventy nine and thirty four. They're just an absolute machine. Um, the Padres, even after trading for Juan Soto, their offense has been pretty bad, uh, which is shocking. Trade for Soto and Bell and um, Brandon Drury, 
but they're still in real good shape. Playoff uh, spot, they're two games up uh, in a playoff spot over Milwaukee. Uh, Cardinals are winning the Central. They're playing some good baseball, unfortunately. They're a game and a half up over Milwaukee. Braves are still really good. They're 24 games over 500, five and a half games out uh, in the NL East, but they're seven and a half up in the playoff spot, so they're going to be a dangerous wildcard team, and they could catch the Mets for sure. Um, Phillies and Cardinals are tied for that last playoff spot right now. Uh, they'd both be in. They're both 63 and 51. Phillies are playing good baseball. Uh, in the AL East, Yankees are still 10 games up on Toronto. Have not played that well here the past month and a half or mm-hmm. so, but um, you're allowed a little bit of leeway when you go absolutely scorched earth for the first. Yeah, built that uh, cushion early. Yeah, you, you do that early, then, then you can kind of catch your breath a little bit. Uh, but Toronto's 10 games behind them. Tampa Bay's 11. Uh, Baltimore's 12 and a half. And Boston Red Sox are sitting there dead last in the AL East. Mm-hmm. Um, Baltimore, as of... I think it was Thursday last week. They were in sole possession of a playoff spot for the first time since the end of 2016. Uh, they are now at a game and a half out of the playoff spot. Still a good story, though. Great story. Which, which that's the, um, in that's after trading their closer and their first baseman um, at the trade deadline. Um, so with this new um, added playoff team uh, to baseball, you're going to see definitely see more contenders for sure. Um, and yeah, Baltimore's a great story, and they have some really good young talent coming up here. The too. Baby Birds, I believe they call their farm. Pretty system. close to the big league, yeah, yeah. They're they're going to be uh, they're they're going to make some noise here uh, soon. Uh, the Cleveland Indians are now winning the AL Central. Guardians. Oh man, <laughs> that, that that's that a good story gonna, too. Yes, that one's going to take me longer than the Oakland Raiders and the San Diego Chargers did uh, for sure. Um. But yeah, because yeah, yeah, the Cleveland Guardians. I apologize to all those uh, Guardians fans that I'm sure are not offended that I called them the Indians. Um, yeah, they're they're a really good story. Andres Jimenez has turned into a superstar for him. He was part of the, I think he was part of the Frankie Lindor deal uh, with the Mets. Uh, now he's on, arguably better than Lindor. Um, I think he's playing second base right now. But uh, White Sox are still hanging around. They're tied with the Twins for that second spot in the AL Central. Two and a half games out. Um, it's probably likely um, division or bust for the AL Central, and uh, the Indians are pitching well. Uh, not many people thought they'd be uh, that good this year. And, Guardians. Uh, oh man, uh, <laughs> Guardians. Um, <laughs> oh, that's gonna take me forever. Um, they've been the Indians my entire life, but of yeah. course the Raiders were in Oakland my entire life as well. And Chargers, San Diego, yeah. San Diego. Uh, the AL West, um, Houston's run away with it. They're one of the best teams in baseball. Again, they are they are the really the American League equivalent of the Dodgers here the past six it's years. It's annoying. You're right, um, though. Super annoying. 13 games up on Seattle. I hope Seattle makes playoffs. They're two games up in a wild card spot right now. Uh, the Rangers, after spending about $700 million this offseason, uh, they fired their manager today. They're 12 games under 500. They're pretty bad. Um, Angels are bad. Oakland's horrendous. They're 33 games under 500. We knew that was going to happen, though, once they traded all their guys. But, uh, yeah, um, <clears throat> I think that's pretty much all I have for baseball this week. Um, well, we, we, we got some other segments to cover. Uh, one segment, mm-hmm. we a new segment this week, we asked for some uh, listener and viewer questions this week. And uh, loyal, loyal listener and viewer, he 
does a little bit of both, and he's been a sponsor this year with Mooney Woodcrafts. He's been a sponsor of the uh, On This Day segment. Um, Thad Mooney sent in four different questions for us. One question was, who's our favorite college football and college basketball player that underachieved the most in the pros? J-Man, I'll let you go first. College football and college basketball player that underachieved. I loved Aurelius Ben um, back in late 2000s with Illinois. He was a second-round pick for Jacksonville, and he just he got hurt, never really panned out. Uh, he was maybe my favorite college player. Uh, growing, well, and Mikel LaShore as well. He was a second-round pick of the Lions and then uh, then liked his drug use a little too much to uh, stick in the NFL. So he was uh, he was kind of a bust. Uh, but I, I really like those two guys. Um, college basketball, I mean, you can say Myers Leonard. Um, I hated that team he was on at Illinois, though, the one that uh, lost 15 of 17 games to end the year. Um, he didn't have a great NBA career. Um, that's a good question though. I can't really think of a good college basketball one for you. Uh, for me, uh, I, I put two Purdue ones down and I put some non Purdue ones down as well. My two Purdue ones for football was Dustin Keller. Um, first round pick by the Jets. I mean, he got derailed by an awful ACL injury when he was on the Dolphins. So, I mean, I guess what could have been maybe, um, so maybe that's not fair, but that's the only one that could come to my mind for Purdue football because usually if they're drafted first, second, third round, they actually usually do have a pretty good career, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Purdue, Purdue basketball, I put Juwan Johnson. He's a first-round pick by the Celtics, and he flamed yeah. out within two years. and He's doing fine in Europe, but never got back in the NBA. And I almost put the late Caleb Swanigan on there as well because he was a great college player and just never found his footing in the NBA. Um, a couple other ones I put for college basketball, Adam Morrison. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed watching him play, and he was just not good for the Charlotte Bobcats. Uh, football, I have three of them here. Uh, Johnny Manziel, a.k.a. Johnny Football. I really yeah, enjoyed cool. watching him at Texas A&M, um, and he just wasn't very good for Cleveland. Reggie Bush, he had an okay NFL career, but not what I thought he was going to have. He was so fun to watch in college. And then uh, Tim Tebow. His two best years were in Miami, and he was actually pretty fun to watch in Miami. But, yeah, didn't do a whole lot with the Saints. And then I think he ended up in, like, Buffalo. Yep, he was also the Lions. Yep, yep. And then Tim Tebow. I mean, he was a glorified Heisman winner, arguably the best Florida player ever, one of the best college quarterbacks ever. And, I mean, he had a few moments that 2011 season with Denver, but then didn't do anything for the Jets or the Patriots or the Eagles. So then – Tried to play tight end last year for the Jaguars. That didn't go well. Tried to play in the minor league with the Mets. Remember that Timmy segment we used to do? Timmy report, Tim Tebow report. One of the worst minor league baseball players ever. So those were a couple of mine. Another one, this was a good one. Favorite undrafted NFL, NBA, MLB player? Um, NFL player, man. You, you texted me these earlier, and then I just got busy with work, and I completely forgot. Um, favorite Andre? You you go first, and I'll think of one. I did uh, NFL and NBA, but I did not do MLB because I have no idea who was drafted and who wasn't, to be honest, off my head. NFL, I put Chris Harris Jr. I mean, he was really good mm-hmm. for the Broncos for a long time. A pro bowler. Now he's with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers and still pretty decent. And Brad Miller for the NBA. Purdue product, two-time All-Star. Pretty good career for himself. 
My favorite NFL guy that has been on draft was Cam Wake. Um, well, that's he was one. he was great in Miami. Uh, loved him in Miami. He uh, if he would have played his entire career, I think he became a 27 year old rookie. If he would have started at 22, put up the kind of numbers he did, he would be looking at maybe a potential Hall of Famer. He was he was really good there. I think he ended up with about 100 career sacks. Uh, so he was a good one. MLB, you can really choose any Latin American player because they weren't technically drafted. So um, it mine might be Big Z. I love Carlos Zambrano. It's um, a good one. A lot. Um, NBA. Um, NBA. I don't really have an NBA. Kofi Coburn. I guess I could say. There you go. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I don't really have a good NBA. Was Luther head drafted? He was a first round pick. Was um, he really? Wow. Yeah. Houston Rockets. Wow. Okay. Um, Frankie Brian Cook was a first round pick. Frankie Williams was a first round pick. A uh, Frank Frankie Williams is a guy that I could have said for the last segment favorite college basketball player that didn't really pan out in the NBA. Um, but yeah. Out of the four major pro sports, who's your greatest what if player? Either injuries like Derrick Rose or retirement like Megatron, Barry Sanders. Um, I mean, Derrick Rose is a great one. He, he gave that. Um, greatest what? Jose Fernandez in baseball. That's that's um, what I was thinking. Passing away at 24. He was a superstar. There was also a guy with the Cardinals back in 2014 who was 21, 22, Oscar Tavares, who, uh, who died in a uh, he, he died in a um, car accident. He was looking like a potential like 330 hitter, really good hitter um, for the Cardinals. And so that that's kind of a what if. Um, obviously, uh, we, we have J.R. Richard with the Houston Astros looking like a Hall of Fame level pitcher. And then he had, I think he had a stroke and it derailed his career. Um, so those, those are some good what ifs. Yeah, I was having trouble thinking of this one, to be honest. I was trying to think in the NFL. Um, you know, actually, and, and I don't. Um, agree with what this guy did by any means, so I don't want anybody to take this wrong way, but I almost want to put Michael Vick on this list. Yeah. Because when he got caught doing what he did with the dogfighting, there wasn't a more entertaining athlete in sports oh, when for he was sure. on the on Atlanta Falcons. Came back, had that one okay year, pretty good year with the, with the Eagles, but then he tampered off. But, uh, yeah, if he didn't do that horrible act and stayed in his prime, he, he could have been something. Yeah, he he was electric. Um, that's that's a good one. That's a really good one. And the last one he sent in. These are really good questions. So thank mm-hmm. you again to Thad for sending these in. One player you can draft and have on your team: Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, Steph Curry. Take into account all aspects of the game. Example: Reggie played defense. Uh, Steph, I think it's pretty. That that was probably the easiest one. Um, I actually have a stat here. There, when they um, released the. NBA 75 or whatever uh, they did last year, a few years ago. There was only one player on the NBA 75 who never won a championship, made first or second team all NBA, or made an all defensive team, and that is Reggie Miller. He's, he's, he's the only one on that list. Um, so he gets treated like a superstar, which, again, he was great with the Pacers. He's a great shooter and all of that. Uh, but he's not really even close to a Steph Curry or Ray Allen. I think he gets treated such like a superstar because he was loyal to one team, and that's yeah. very rare to find anymore. Yeah, absolutely. 
But but no, you're right. I can't, and I'm a big Reggie fan. I can't argue with anything you mm-hmm. said there. So, but no, I thought those were really good questions, and uh, I'd be interested to see what the TNJ Man Show Nation, uh, what some of their answers to those questions would be. But uh, speaking of uh, some names um, that maybe might have popped up on that list, maybe. Um, you ready for some word association? Let's do it. So I tried to make this around 300, kind of. So I got a bunch of guys who are part of the 300 Home Run Club nice. in MLB and the uh, 300 Touchdown Club in the NFL. Ooh, and there, there was a lot of MLBers, so I could not put them all on here. I just well, picked course. and chose a few. <laughs> NFL, I got them all on here. There's mm-hmm. not that many, actually. We'll go baseball first. This guy was one homer away from being a member of the 400 Club. He had 399. That's Andres Galarraga. Man, he uh, he had some pop, huge too. Uh, there in Colorado, I think he ended his career in Atlanta. I want to say, and he played for Texas also, I believe. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I believe he did. Um, yeah, he massive dude. It's fun to watch it. Jim Edmonds hit three hundred nine or three hundred ninety three. Um, one of my least favorite Cubs of all time, mainly because <laughs> he was <a> cardinal. <laughs> Cub for about three-fourths of the season in 2008. He was pretty good, I guess, with him. Um, Jim Edmonds made some pretty incredible acrobatic catches in center field, mainly because he plays so shallow, jog, and then sprint and have to dive uh, to do it. Yep. Uh, so he, he became a huge name with the Angels because of that, and then, of course, with the Cardinals. But good ball player. One of the <clears> – <throat> oh, I almost skipped ahead. Forgot this guy. Johnny Bench, 389. Um, one of the – one of the greatest catchers ever. He was at the um, he was at the uh, Field of Dreams game, um, and Fergie Jenkins actually threw out the first pitch to Johnny Bench. So that was kind of cool. Here's what I was getting to. I, I almost skipped Johnny, but one of J Man's favorites of all time, Aramis Ramirez, three hundred eighty six. I loved Aramis. He was so clutch uh, for some good Cubs teams too. Oh three, oh seven, oh eight. That was one of the greatest trades in Cubs history. They traded uh, Bobby Hill. And I think minor league pitcher Dave Carruthers to the Pirates for Ramos Ramirez and Kenny Lofton in 2003. Well, was Randall Simon part of that deal too? Randall Simon came later in August. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, he, he was an August waiver uh, wire deal. So uh, yeah, he he came later. But man, that Pirates team had some talent. <laughs> Ryan Howard, 382. He was a guy took over for Jim Tomey. Um, only thing I can think of is uh, Subway. Eat fresh. Only thing I can think of is our good buddy Andrew Eiler throwing a remote across the room, hit me in the kneecap after he hit a walk-off against the Reds. I Reds blew like a five-run lead in the ninth. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Thanks, Andrew. Larry Walker, 383. He he got into the hall. Uh, Larry Walker uh, played with the Expos, Rockies, Cardinals. All these mm-hmm. guys played for the Cardinals, it felt like. <laughs> Jeff Kent, 377. He was supposedly not a very nice guy. MVP um, in 2000. He won an MVP. Did, did he win it with, um, was he with San Francisco? Yep, with Houston, yep. right before Houston? Bonds went nuts. He um, he and Bonds did not get along either. Uh, but, yeah, Jeff Kent, by all intents and purposes, pretty mean guy, supposedly. Giancarlo Stanton sits at 371. This guy had a chance to get to about 750 had he not <laughs> continued to get hurt. Um, and he still has a chance to get to, he should get over 500. Um, I was at one of his worst games of his career. I think he went 0 for 6 with four strikeouts when he was with the Marlins back in 
2014. That's when he known as Mike. Was he known as Mike Stanton then? Or was I, he Giancarlo? I do not know. I, I okay. think he was I think he was Giancarlo by that point. The Todd father, Todd Helton, 369. Uh it'll be interesting to see if he's a uh Hall of Famer. These these guys get know. kind of they get dinged for playing half their games in Colorado. Um, and especially when Helton was there when they weren't dehumidifying. Now, I will say he could absolutely hit. He was a fun one to watch hit. I would say he's the greatest Rocky of all time. I'd put him ahead of yeah. Walker. Yeah, I would opinion. too. And, and he was another guy that stayed his entire career with one. True, and, and made a World Series with him. Yeah. So. Yeah. And last one for the MLB, Fat Elvis, Lance Berk- Berkman, 366. Oh, Lance, he uh, – one of the greatest switch hitters of definitely of this generation. That dude could hit. Um, I hated him. Of course, he was an Astro, and then he was a uh, Cardinal. So same division. Yankee, too. And he was a Yankee in between, I think, the Astros and Cardinals. Yep. I could have had Bagwell on there. He was a member, but uh, there was a ton of other names. Those those Astro teams could hit the Killer Bees. They had Biggio, Bagwell, Berkman. Yep. Had some good pitchers, too. Yeah. All right, we'll go NFL 300 club. Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, 367 touchdowns. He has over 300 homers, huh? Uh, touchdowns. Oh, if he has 300 homers, oh, he's... <laughs> he's supposedly a good baseball player, too. Uh, coming up, a lot of these guys were, though. Yeah. Um, Matty Ice, 28 to 3. That's all I can really say about him. That's, that's what his legacy will be, too. It's fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless he, yeah, even if he wins one in Indy, he'll still probably be that. But he looks, he looks good in the Colts uniform. He looked good in that all white the other day. That didn't look weird like it does with some guys in their first appearance. Eli Manning, two-time Super Bowl champ, three hundred and sixty-six. Would he be a Hall of Famer had he not beaten the Patriots twice? Mm, I would say no. It'd probably be close, no. but no. he is. He, he is. Will be. He will. Or be. will be. Um, Fran. Yeah. Oh, any more? Any more no. with Eli? No. Fran Tarkington, three hundred forty-two. Yeah, um, Minnesota Viking. Um, he he was the guy that set the records before Marino broke him, and then of course every other player has broken Marino's now. Matt Stafford, three hundred twenty-three. I was happy to see him win a Super Bowl. Um, wasted away in Detroit for a decade, then finally uh, got a chance to shine there in L.A. And um, last on the uh, word association. List for this week: John Elway, right on the dot at three hundred. John A. Um, he was a Yankee farmhand there at once. Yeah, he was um, going to play for him at first. They didn't trade him. <laughs> yeah, he uh, refused. I, I don't know if they did that back then, but refused to put the hat on, um, in a sense. Uh, but uh, worked out well for him and in Denver. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And, and it's crazy. You just think he would have thrown more touchdowns because Marino threw so many, but. Yeah. Nope, 300. Yeah, he uh, he was more of a guy that got – he had really good teams around him too and was able yep. to get to Super Bowls and stuff. And well, Late in his career, he finally had a great running back and a mm-hmm. good line, good, uh, pretty good defense. Not great, but pretty good. And that's when he won the Super Bowls. He actually yeah. had help around him, and Dan Marino didn't have that same help. No. Because for a while, John would get there and his teams would get crushed. Just absolutely yeah. murdered yeah, the first he, three times. He, he was kind of like Jim Kelly a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, they lost four straight, but... Yep. And that's going to do it for the Word Association segment, which is brought to you by Proforma Print 2 Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company, picnic, or sales meeting, they have over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs, 
You need to look no further. Let them be your one-source print and promotional company today by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call at 574-210-3815. This episode is brought to you by The Damn Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hamburger, tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a handcrafted cocktail, Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Mantaw, focused on freshness and quality. You can watch down their delicious food with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews or domestic flavors, or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Taking the fantastic views of Lake Mantaw and their beer garden or outdoor bar area, whether it be boats or wheels, the Dam Landing is a place to be located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. Are you ready to get educated? Oh, yes. On this day, in it's not a great on this day this week, unfortunately. Um, on this day in 1945, Chandler, I don't know who Chandler is, sells World Series radio rights for $150,000 to Gillette. Ford had been World Series sponsor since 1934, and they had paid $100,000 annually. Those are some big companies. Um, yeah. On this day in... A lot of NFL All-Star games, which makes zero sense to me that it's August. Um, on this day in 1964, Tred, Tr- Fred Truman takes 300th Test Cricket Wicket. Don't know what it means, but I wanted to say Cricket Wicket. Sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> on this day in 1964, Mayor Richard Daly of Chicago declares Ernie Banks Day in Chicago. It's a good one. Legend. Um, yes, he is. On this day in 19, man, uh, 1990, Mark McGuire is the first player ever to hit 30 homers in each of his first four seasons. It's a pretty good one. Had some help with some PEDs, but good player. On this day in 1993, who won the PGA Championship Men's Golf? Tom Kite. Paul Azinger. Mm. Um, he won his first major title in a playoff with Greg Norman. Hmm. On this day in 1993, Nolan Ryan won his final career game. Um, the Texas Rangers beat the then Cleveland Indians 4-1. Um, <laughs> to one. one of the goats. On this day in 1991, 1999, sorry, who won the PGA Championship men's golf? I should know this. This is wrong, but Ernie Els is wrong. Tiger Woods. <laughs> I thought he was two thousand. I thought, but I think he won two thousand as well. So he uh, he beat Sergio Garcia by one stroke. Oh yeah, that was up in Chicago. That was when Sergio yeah. was like nineteen years old and kind of introduced <laughs> himself to the golf world. Yeah, that was at. Uh, <laughs> Going toe to toe with Tiger will do it. Where was that at in Chicago? Uh, Medina Country Club. Medina yep, Country yep, Club. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Who won the PGA Championship in 2004? Ah, this is ticking me off. Uh, was that Sean McKeel? VJ Singh. VJ Singh's from Fiji. I didn't know yeah. Uh, playoff with Chris DeMarco and Justin Leonard. Chris DeMarco was always losing majors in playoffs. Poor guy. Mm. Uh, who won in 05 on this day? Ben Curtis? <laughs> Phil Mickelson. 
Uh, one by one stroke from uh, Australian Steve Elkington and Thomas Bjorn. Yeah, this is uh, frustrating because of, of, of the four majors, I would say this is the one I struggle with the most on the years. But still, I should know these. So You have one more chance to get one right here. 2010. Is that Podrick Harrington? Martin Kaima. Uh, Podrick was 08, 09 then. Um, Dang it. He won a three-hole aggregate playoff by one. That's right. It was that whistling straights, and that's when Dustin Johnson grounded his club in what they called a bunker. Yep, that's right. That's right. It was. I was moving in my freshman dorm that week. That's right. Interesting. That's right. Uh, Last one here on this day in 2012, Seattle Mariners. Felix Hernandez became the 23rd pitcher to throw a perfect game. Uh, There were three pitchers that threw a perfect game in 2012, which is the most. Ever in any one season, it was Philip Umber, Matt Kane, and Felix Hernandez, and there has not been one thrown since. Um, a guy with the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, Drew Rasmussen, took one into the ninth inning last night. That was one of my bold predictions for the year. He, uh, he, he gave up a double um, with, I think, on the first pitch of the ninth inning, actually. So uh, that's going to do my, it for on this day. It's one of my bold predictions of the year this year. Somebody's got to throw one, but. Yeah. And the Honest Day is brought to you by Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated custom woodcraft shop based out of North Carolina with Indiana Grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs to fit your needs. From signs to growth charts, their custom pieces make a great addition to any home, office, or man cave. To see some of their recently completed projects, visit them on Instagram at Mooney Woodcrafts or on Facebook. And for orders, contact them at MooneyWoodcrafts at gmail.com. I've not done a book it yet, uh, so I'm thinking of a book it to do right now. Cubs have a 2 nothing lead, and you know how I said that they had the most losses in baseball. And they've got up three runs um, this year. Uh, but I don't think it'll happen tonight. Marcus Stroman's on the mound. Um, feel pretty good about the Cubs' chances tonight. So I think uh, Cubs will not blow a multiple-run lead uh, today. So the J-Man's Book of Predictions of the Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau insurance agent travis watching for life home auto business renters workers comp and farm insurance contact traps at 219-869-4561 um cups have the lowest team era or the third lowest team era in baseball since july 16th hmm. so that's a that's a fun fact for you right before we get to the birdie or bogey what do you think about the uh big 10 media rights deal going on right now yeah espn looks like they are not gonna have them um First time C- in 40 years. CBS, maybe? Well, the um, the Big Ten will have that 330 prime spot that uh, the SEC used to have. Uh, NBC, it sounds like, still in talks as well. Uh, should be a night get, spot. To be a night spot after the Notre Dame. Um, should Notre Dame leave conference, will they be allowed to stay on NBC? That would help their case to join the Big Ten if the NBC does acquire uh, some Big Ten media rights. Notre Dame's AD saying this is great because now they can have more games promote their games. Yeah, which, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I saw yesterday that um, Jack Collinsworth, Chris's son, and uh, Jason Garrett are going to call Notre Dame games. So uh, Jason Garrett's a pretty boring, pr- pretty boring commentator. Um, don't know much about Jack Collinsworth whatsoever, but uh, – not not a great uh, going from Tarico to a rookie in a sense. Uh, it's a pretty big downgrade. 
Yep, yep. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I don't think it'll hurt the Big Ten not being on ESPN as much as it would have a decade ago. Definitely two decades ago. But I think it will hurt basketball more than it will football. Because basketball, the average viewer knows they can go on ESPN or ESPN2 any time of the week they're going to find a college basketball game. The average viewer might not hunt down for a specific game in basketball like they would football. Football, they'll hunt it down. They'll find the channel. Now, I wonder... Because Fox has been a Big Ten network, sort of. So yeah. I'm, I assume they're going to keep their deal. I'm not 100% yeah, sure. Yes. This would be Fox, CBS, NBC. How, what I saw okay. laid out is you could potentially on Saturdays have Fox at noon, CBS 3.30, NBC 7.30. Boom, be, boom, yeah, boom. that would be ideal for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and Fox does a good job. CBS obviously does a good job. And this is mainly for football. Uh, but, yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm a bigger college basketball guy, and honestly, Big Ten Network, Fox, FS1, probably not going to be that big of a deal uh, for us. And right. CBS, I mean, they'll get some right. games too. Uh, right. But. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll see. It's yeah. not nothing's pinned to paper yet, but it's it's looking like it's going that way. Yeah. So uh, you want to hear the birdie bogey here, real quick? Yes, sir. Um, so the AP poll was announced today. What team, since the introduction of the preseason poll, um, has been ranked number one in the preseason poll the most since 1951? I was going to ask, when was that? Oh, gosh. They've they've been doing polls since 1936, but they haven't done a preseason poll um, only since 1951. This is... This is hard. <laughs> this is really hard because there's a lot of programs that come to my mind, and I'm sure it's one of them in my mind it's got to be, and I'm not going to select the right one. I'm going to be down two strokes because this is my chance to tie it up. Since <laughs> um, 51, I'm going with a, a program that they've been good recently, but they were really good back in the day. It's it's going to make, make me hate them more. It's Notre Dame. Not Notre Dame. That's why I hate them more. Because every time I take Notre Dame, it's not Notre Dame. Who is it? Um, Oklahoma. Every time. That's yeah. twice. That's twice. I've guessed Notre Dame and Oklahoma's been the right answer. Yeah, they've done it ten times. Alabama nine times. I Alabama was Dame. in my head. I want to say Notre Dame has done it seven or eight times. Um, Ohio State, I don't know if they've done it many times. I was thinking Ohio State, Notre Dame. Oklahoma crossed my mind, but I didn't take them too seriously. I kind of put them in Texas out. I thought maybe USC because they were so good. USC was up there, yeah. Um, I think Alabama might have been tied with USC for nine. Dang it. Well, that's uh, two strokes back for me now. That was my chance to catch up. Shoot. Seven over. Yeah. So – Next week, college football preview show. This is our last week where we have really no football to talk about. I can't wait. One of our favorites mm-hmm. um, up in here. And then we'll do the, our NFL preview two weeks after that. So uh, be sure, sure to tune into that. We will drop some knowledge on you. Uh, but thanks for watching the Kim and Jamie Show live on the ISC Sports Network. We'll be back at it, as I said, next Monday. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Peace.